What's up, Joe? Hey, man, living the dream. How about you? Hey, I, I, I'm good. Let me. Uh, I've been playing around with AI art shit. Uh, I'm going to show you this real quick at the beginning. Yeah, please. The li the listeners on the podcast won't get to see this, but whatever. So, uh, you know, you said you feed these um, this AI a text prompt, and it and it comes up with shit. I don't remember what I did for this one, but I mean, look at this art it's generating. This one was I did um, Vitalik Buterin slaughtering tradfi zombies and, in anime. And this one, uh, it came up with this one. Holy uh, shit. This one was Vitalik Buterin as steampunk. <laughs> this one was the zombies one again. I refed it. So like all the zombies in the background. Uh, What's the this, link on that one? What's the URL? Uh, it's called. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you right now. Uh, it's called uh, beta.dreamstudio.ai. Hold on, I'll put it in the. I'll put it on. Uh, yeah, because this is like people would like this. Oh, it's so much fun, dude! It's so much fun. It's like welcome. It, oh yeah, we got to log in, sign up. Okay. Add banner. That's the URL. Um, this one was also the slaughtering of the zombies, which is kind of weird because you know, uh, I don't know, that doesn't look like Vitalik. Uh, that one was a mask when I did. This is another version of Vitalik as steampunk. Um, this one, I don't remember what the hell I did, but I can't. This looks this thing is like, I wish I'd done it higher res because I almost want to like friggin' frame this, it's so disturbing. Which one is that? Sorry, I'm just signing up over here. Yeah, that that's got that kind of like, like people are getting rounded up for something, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's freaking nuts. Like, I don't even remember the prompt I sent it. Oh, actually, I can look it up. It looks like a 1984 book graphic. Yeah, anthem. It looks like some kind of totalitarian. But what are those face things they have on, man? Is that like a? It's goggles? weird. Some of like them are mining like mining goggles or something. Some, or? Yeah, some of them look like aliens. I think I must have done a steampunk thing on this. I love the way the steampunk shit comes out. Um, but I think I must have done a steampunk on that. Apologies again to everyone listening on the podcast. We'll get into the news here in a second. But I've just been having so much fun with this shit. Uh, let me find what I did for the prompt for that one. Uh, hold on. I've done a bunch. I spent ten bucks to buy extra credits because you only get so many free credits. Hmm. That one was, oh, uh, World War II image as an anime. That makes and, sense. And this one, uh, there's an. I have another one that's like that too. Um, but just crazy shit. Like this is so much fun. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just loving the jobs report myself. All right, let's get into it. Let me. Uh, do you have a? Do you have a link? I'm in there loading for us? right now. But you go ahead and start. I'll bring that stuff in a second. All right. Let me get my links up here oh you got links up here um let's see oh well let's look at the market right now i haven't even looked at a damn thing have you yeah everything's well five ten minutes ago everything was looking good i'm just reloading everything now so um so btc 235a uh eth's climbed back up uh two point uh 6.51 percent to 1633 you think this is all on the jobs yeah i mean that's kind of look if I shared something on LinkedIn from JP Morgan, David Kelly, and he said it really well. And, um, you know, it just gives more runway. 
you know, that what happened, the unemployment rate ticked up a tiny bit, I think from to 3.7. And the reason it ticked up is because more people are going back into the workforce trying to find jobs. So this right. is actually getting at uh, the people that don't get counted in the unemployment rate because they've given up. So okay. now they're back in because of that. At the same time, I think the economy generated around so 315 or 350,000 new jobs. And now JP Morgan's forecast for the Fed rate hike in uh, this month, two weeks, is uh, they're back in, I think it's about 75, 68% that it's going to be a 75 bips bump. Um, but that everything else just looks you know, inflation's receding, gas is going down. I said there is some troubling inflation, but gas price going down, all of that. It just looks really, really good for more runway for a soft landing. And so they're basically, that's where they're coming out with numbers of the 25 to 30% possibility of a mild recession in 23. So to me, that's really good, obviously, for everything, but also sure. for crypto, because it gets us closer to, look, the risk on money again that we always talk about that we need to pump this. And that with the institutional money, I mean, I think this green lights a whole bunch of institutional investment strategies that have been sitting there in a wait and see mode. So now 75 bib hike doesn't even isn't even going to phase the market at all. Right, um, right. You know, that makes but, sense. but again, is it going to be 50 or 75 like I talked about yesterday um, and keep attacking that Fed balance sheet? That I'm, I'm not sure of. But to me, this is all great news. It shows that uh, the market's reacting in a favorable way. It shows that, I mean, I was shocked just at the number of jobs. It shows that the economy is still expanding. Right. Um, and wages are not going out of control yet. So again, I think we have opportunity here. Um, things may be aligning in, in a good way for us that isn't doom and gloomy. That's good news. I'm glad to hear that, dude. But you know, it's hard. You're pulling 10 trillion in liquidity out of the market. <laughs> It's going to be some, you're going to be pulling some chairs away from the tables, so to speak. And right. Some, a lot of people are going to feel aspects of it, but if we could just do it in a mild way, then, you know, hopefully we catch up on the next expansion phase. So yeah. I, I was super stoked. And I think that's, that's why the market's reacting. That's awesome. That's great news. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, hold on one second. I wanted to find, uh, I got a, I got a like today from the uh, uh, SEC. No, from the general counsel at Bitfinex and Tether. Oh. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll show you why. What was the Tether thing today? I was just reading on that. What was it that they uh, – you're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Why did they do that? So uh, Tether has requested that – so Kyle Roche yesterday – went and requested all his name removed from every class That's action nice. lawsuit that his firm has. And then Tether came back and said, now we want to remove your firm from the class action lawsuit, you know, which, you know, they've got good justification. So I, I tweeted watching the demise of Kyle Roche's career in real time, some great lessons to be learned about ego dominating your decisions. Um, and <laughs> I loved it when the general counsel at Tether uh, liked it cracks me up. Well, I think everybody's really just um, I put it the right way so it don't sound bad, but it's like there are different types of lawyers, as we know. Yes, you know, there, and this guy just has been kind of branded as 
you know, the bottom feeder type of lawyer. Yeah, he branded um, himself. Yeah, and so the ambulance like, chaser of crypto. Yeah, and how that's that's the great there. There's the classic stereotype right there, and it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess people are so I, I don't get why people are so blind for money. Okay, look, the young guys out there, the Kyles of the world. That story always ends bad. Always, <laughs> just always. You, you will. It will end either. Your family hates you. You're in jail. You're, you know, just ruined financially and professionally. I mean, that kind of, um, I mean, just look at Avenetti. We talked about him the other day. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I mean, what a fucking John Belushi speedball kill yourself move. I mean, that guy just went from, you know, he was running a little too close to the flame, so to speak, but somebody was going to burn him. But, you know, he just got too hung up on his stuff. So, and I'm not just saying lawyers, this extends everywhere sales, all of it, is that you don't, you have to live with these choices. Yeah. And when you go for the big publicity, look, none of us are completely 100% clean. We no. all got shit. Yeah. And, you know, people can dig that shit up now more yep. than they could 20 years ago. So they're going to come after you. So my advice is just to, um, you know, think about that when you're making big strategic decisions on how you're going to brand yourself and what areas you're going into. Yeah. Well, I love, I love Tether trying to pull the firm off, right? Because th that essentially cuts off all of their stream of revenue, right? Even if there's a settlement on this thing, they, they, he's basically, he, he couldn't say, I want to withdraw myself, but his firm would have still made millions or billions off of these crazy class action suits he's doing. Well, now, you know, if the judge says, yeah, you know what? We can't trust your firm. Um, then, you know, some other firm gets to come in and pick up the nice class action that they've got going. Yeah, I don't know if it's a bunch of firms already there or not. I'm not that familiar with it. And I assume that he's part of the group suing Tether. Yeah, right? it's his firm that created the class action. Against Tether. Yeah. Okay, so Tether wants him removed. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think the confidential document stuff, I mean, that's obviously all over the news right now. Oh, here's the other two firms that are representing in the class actions. Selendy Gay Ellsberg and Schneider Wallace Cottrell Konecki. Um, so the, the attorney for Tether said basically removing them wouldn't hurt anything because there's two big firms that are yeah. in the mix already. So then that makes the other firms then go to Kyle like, dude, what the fuck, man? Hey, we like you, but adios Get out. yeah exactly yeah. we'll cut yeah. you something later because you can well, do like he's a lawyer so you do, yeah you could do finders fees to lawyers lawyer to lawyer so he'll probably cut and exit from it and get some smaller percentage yeah um, but yeah you know he's just getting i mean if these pay off he'll get money but i mean who's gonna hire him i guess nobody hires him i guess he just goes after targets but um I mean, unless it's the avalanche. well, no, he got hired. Right. Unless it's avalanche, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are guys like you know, there's a lawyer in Miami that I ran into years ago, and he was basically getting download reports somehow from who was downloading from Casa or BitTorrent or whatever, like music and movies, and he was writing oh, yeah. letters to them directly, saying he was going to report them unless they coughed up a hundred grand. And lawyers can extort and blackmail this shit. Exactly. And it's, I guess, legal. I mean, it wasn't legal for Avenetti to do that to Nike, of course, but Nike knew how to play that game. Of um, course. An individual that gets noticed on downloading like, something illegally, they often just pay. 
It's they're um, just as just, just as bad as patent trolls, you know. Yeah, this exactly. whole fucking Same industry thing. of patent trolls. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, well, anyway. good luck, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll well, learn some a valuable lessons for you in uh, rebase tokens out there somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, hopefully the guy learns some lessons and changes his ways. You know, it happens. Yeah. It happens. So and nobody he goes through life unscathed. Nobody doesn't make mistakes. Oh, please. Um, I had a dollar. For thank me. God none of our shit was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have uh, half of our shit. We didn't even have cell phones that could record back in those days. And pre-cell phones, especially. Yeah, I was um, going pre. I was definitely thinking pre. But, you know, before digital capture mode, as I like to catch it, where... Um, you know, as I tell my daughter and her friends, I'm like, everything you freaking do is yeah. captured. You know, yeah. you might not, you got to just, they're not thinking of it. You know, they're not really getting it. They don't. Yeah. They think there's no consequence to it. No. They think because there are, there is none really at this age. It's, it's later that the consequences come. Yeah. And, but I guess also if maybe, if, maybe in our day, like, I mean, I kind of feel like nobody, well, we didn't share shit when we were younger i mean maybe a candy or something like that but you certainly weren't putting out information i mean how would you do that yeah um yeah. happy hour standing on yeah. a table with a lamp polaroid shine. polaroid pics i've seen a couple of polaroids come back to haunt politicians but uh you know oh yeah not, that's not, true not much yeah. um well here's the interesting concept uh, if we want to go a little deep here um i wonder though if this culture of sharing everything and recording everything um, eventually, I think the downside is it makes people perform it all the time. Like, you know, you're constantly thinking of, you know, constantly worried about how you look or what your performance is like. But the other side of that is I wonder if, if, and, and I'm not saying a surveillance state is great. Don't, don't get me, don't take that from this, but I wonder if, an entire generation that has shared everything and every day of their lives. Like you have to remember our kids are sharing like, you know, once an hour on fucking TikTok at least, you know? Yeah. Um, they're going constant. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it leads to a, a culture amongst that generation and the following ones where, you know, things are a little more honest because the, everything is out in the open. Right. Yeah, I kind like, of wonder about that too. Yeah. You know, if we end up with a society that's like much more honest because nothing's hidden anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, we all like there was always the I mean, it's in the constitution, the the right to privacy essentially or whatever it is, the the castle domain concept of, you know, yeah. it was all about so the British troops couldn't just show up and say, "Hey, we're camping out in your house. Get the fuck right. out." Right. I mean, that's what it's a response to, but um there is a sense of that privacy. Um, but I kind of wanted to say, I also was wondering if all this immersive, cause it's, it's, it's experiential content too. It's not just static content. It's right. not just rote content. It's contextual content. So if you have a summation or amalgamation of how many teenagers, we, how many people you teenagers do you think are Gen Z years? What? 70 million? I mean, 50 no million? Idea. Yeah, Let's probably say 50. 50. 50 million. So you got 50 million people generating live stream content constantly. I mean, that could be the kind of the foundations of a, a really interesting metaverse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally in there, that kind of shit piled in on top of 
AI and predictive analytics and all that shit um, stuff. Excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot more on LinkedIn. So I got to like tone down the profanity a little bit. Oh, I figure. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But that would be, maybe that's where this all goes. Um, I don't, you know, I try to figure out where we're going in the future. Now I did, I sent a link. I don't know if people have seen these new T1 glasses from. Uh, oh no. Well, what the hell is this? I saw this. I didn't see well, what it was. It's a, this is really interesting. Instead of a big oh. AR VR headset, it just mimics your laptop screen on a oh. giant screen in your glasses. So it's not an immersive environment. You're just seeing your, your desktop. That's screen. what I want. But isn't that cool as shit? But that's brilliant for when you travel. Like yeah. one of my big frustrations when I was traveling is my iPad worked beautifully, right? But I'm so look, I got a 49-inch monitor here, right? Mm -hmm. So for yeah. me. Once you're used to having all that real estate, it's very frustrating not to have it anymore, right? When you're on the road and right. you really have to rethink everything and reshape how you work. That's fucking awesome. How much are they? I didn't see a price. It's going to launch in China first because Lenovo. Oh, fucking A. Seriously? Yeah. But to me, I thought, look, that is a great, because I'm always trying to find what's the middle ground from looking at a device and punching shit in it and, you know, doing all of that all day to like being heads up in the real world, but still pulling data and content and information. Um, now this, you can't do that. Okay, forget, I, I'm sorry. This this is not walk around with the thing. No, on. but this is, this is still yeah. a great middle ground. You're exactly right. And to me, it hits everything I like. Now, I don't know if that's just because it's kind of my historical experience, my native tech experience leads me to this as a, hey, great solution. I don't right. know how people that are already in VR, AR, all of that shit, running stuff, running around, look at this. Is it regressive then, or is it? Yeah, they'll they see this as not enough, right? Yeah, like, you know, because it's not relative to what you could do in an Oculus headset. Like my son's Oculus is unbelievable, mind-boggling, and it's a blast. But this is fantastic because look, there you go, right there. That's what you want. Yeah, so exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, I am I I am going to snag the hell out of those. I would love to know how it would be to do a show like this with those on. No, okay, where the cool. screen was Although those. Although we'd look kind of strange. Yeah, yeah. It would be kind of interesting. Um, That's cool. But, but I thought I saw that. I said, look, that here's where, you know, because I always just back to what we we're saying about social and the Gen Z years, is I kind of caution my daughter and others and i'm like look one day this is going away and you guys will have grown up looking at a phone handset for 10 years 15 years and all of a sudden it's gone like the typewriter and then what are you going to do so <laughs> you're going to look up and here's the whole fucking world here's the here's the whole world um so to me the solution has to somehow LinkedIn be censorship what yeah sorry LinkedIn i'm just kind of censorship i know that's getting out. a lot of like high-end institutional finance guys watching us lately. So I've got to tone my uh, act down a little bit, but um, uh -oh. you know, so I'm always trying to figure out what's that next step. Cause I don't think it's everybody sitting in a lazy boy recliner locked into the metaverse with a headset on laying in a chair for 12 hours, 24 no, hours. I don't think not. it's matrixy like that. I think it's gotta be something where I you're think there's in a mix. Seamless. I, hmm? I think there's the fully immersive that will happen primarily for gaming and events and concerts and shit. And then there is the augmented, right? Where, where you're walking around with augmented reality glasses on or contact lenses or whatever chip in your head. And people are doing creative, cool shit 
around what you see in the world, right? Like um, creating an entire new face of a city that you live in, right? And making Mm -hmm. it look a different color or style and you could pick that, right? But the physical structure is still there and you can still interact with the physical structure. I think there's a ton of of opportunities that way. And um, I think it'll be a mix. I I think people will do... We'll do both. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, look, remember the gal that we met at? I guess that's okay to say, gal, right? I remember the hey, woman that we the met woman. at. There you go. At um, Decentral, and it was not Stella and the Digital Axe people, but um, Lauren, I think her name was, and she had all those filters. They could be outfit filters and stuff. What really cool is if you could run around like these glasses, not like these blacked out ones, but. We somehow see the world through these other glasses, but then like you're looking through a TikTok or a camera lens, you see filters and stuff too. Yeah. That would be pretty interesting. But absolutely. Because this is where it's all kind of heading in these directions. So that's why I tossed that one in there just as a no, good. I love that. For- I friggin' love that. Must have. Must I hope it's good. Must have. Yeah. So um Former blockchain skeptic David Rubenstein discloses investments in crypto companies. The Carlyle Group founder who has, Carlisle, previous, right, yeah. who has previously mocked crypto suddenly is holding crypto. Does it say what they're in? And actually says that he does not anticipate excessive regulation from the U.S. Congress. Uh, invested personally in a number of crypto companies and is optimistic about the industry's path to regulation in the United States. He said he believes that government regulation will be positive for the industry and the U.S. Congress will take a collaborative approach. Uh, crypto, crypto constituency is very strong in Congress. and They tend to be very Republican or very libertarian. The industry is not likely to be soft when dealing with members of Congress. Um, reportedly changed his mind months ago. He told the Colossus podcast, I have not bought cryptocurrencies, but I have bought companies that service the industry because I think the genie is out of the bottle. So he's not buying tokens yet. He's doing um, act as an egg strategy, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Buying shovels and pans or whatever. Yeah, exactly. VC and N. No, but that's yep. great. I mean, that's, you know, Carlisle's is, you know, just look at their website and look who their advisors are. I mean, it's a who's who of ex-prime ministers and presidents and, you know, very, very connected people. And so, yeah. $167 billion in assets under management. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean... These guys came out, if I'm not mistaken, they came out of a company called, I guess it's, yeah, BDM, I think it was called. And it uh-huh. was a, a big kind of defense analysis type firm, um, public affairs, just connected into a whole bunch of stuff. And they merged up with somebody else with money. And I don't know if it was, I think Ross Perot somehow once bought BDM. I can't remember how it all worked out. But, but in the end, they came out with this, Couple of my friends were over there with this giant venture fund with huge amounts of money that invest in a lot of inside wired type deals. So the fact that they're going out, I would love to see what they're in because yeah. that's almost like an anointed list. Well, don't they publicly file like investments if they're? Um, I would I would assume I'm not sure there's if a they're list public somewhere. or if they're. You know, there's so many ways to not disclose information in that space. I would be pretty sure they're. Protected, protecting it in the most optimal ways allowable by law. Um, right. But I don't know. They might advertise it. I'm just not I sure. A lot of groups keep that stuff close to the vest for, you know, like think about our Kyle Roche friend. 
yeah. who just launch a lawsuit against anybody who you know has invested in companies. So I, yeah. they might keep that close to the vest right now. I don't know. I haven't been on their website. In five um, years. So I got a couple of more uh, leads out of my uh, job postings watches. Um, yeah. This new protocol is is hiring people, but it actually sounds pretty cool. Um, it's a distributed low latency trading platform dedicated to professional trading institutions, individuals in the crypto asset industry. Um, I wanted to find the, oh, I, here's, here's the, here's what it does. It allows the, the institutional traders to connect, um, CFI and DeFi and I guess OTC, I would assume too, um, to, and do combined trades that take in combined liquidity from all of those. So it disperses your trades out to Binance US, Coinbase, blah, 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 as well as to DeFi DEXs. So it 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 uh, essentially takes care of your trade, getting you the optimal rate um, and allowing you to do trades of size um, that you might not be able to do on one or two exchanges and you'd have to do it manually, right? That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart play. And then what if you do, if you have a really cool technology, but nobody is really adopting it at any grand scale yet, or it hasn't permeated the whole world yet. So REN protocol is this cross chain system and it's used by some bigger projects um, and has some real potential for, it does this wrapping mechanism for tokens. So it's the seamless you can seamlessly trade Bitcoin for Ethereum and vice versa without worrying about the, the platform or whatever you're on. And they've had some projects using it, um, but the smart thing that they're doing is they're launching a, a product, right? Let's launch a product, a front-facing product on top of it so either people can see the value of it or we just use it to blow it up. So this is um, multi-chain at your fingertips, zero gas for the, for the trades, right? So you can trade across anything, any protocol, um, any token, back and forth easily through their interface. You still, you self-custody, you still own your, your, um, your tokens. Um, you can earn passive yield on the tokens that you have attached to your catalog account. Um, transfers are free, no cost on transfers. And then they talk about being um, ultra secure, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, it's a great example of strategically taking your platform and saying, okay, we're getting some people to use it, but let's let's create a product ourselves around it and make it consumer facing and friendly and easy to use and approachable and show the power of what we can do. And, you know, who knows, maybe that becomes our main thing anyway. So, you know, I love your energy when you're looking at something like this. And it's about and so finally they take it to where they're advertising a product and showing a product and it's consumer facing because nobody else does that shit. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like, and I can see how because that's I, how you get frustrated with a lot of these otherwise world class plays that just exactly. fuck this. Excuse me, mess up this <laughs> fundamental. I think um, you're actually <laughs> doing more fucks today unless <laughs> when you're actually trying not to. <laughs> There's a reason I don't go in offices very often anymore. <laughs> and it's not because I don't want to get sick. Yeah, but um, you're right. I get excited when I see people doing something smart like this, you know? Yeah. No, to me, look, we we had DeFi Summer or 1.0 and DeFi 2.0, I guess. And now we're heading to 3.0. It seems to me that for the stability of the system, this has to be multi-chain. It has to be cross-protocol. 
And it has to have all these super oracles, like we talked about yesterday, all built in across the whole process. So like building more nodes in the network, more yeah. nodes, more decentralization, but, but you know, more uh, information accuracy and more built-in arbitraging on pricing to stabilize that. I mean, to me, that's where DeFi has to go next. And then some type of uh, recourse. Yeah. So you can still build anonymously to protect yourself, but you know, some kind of storage thing where, you know, if you really, really F up, you know, you get doxxed basically. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't F up <laughs> and you don't steal <laughs> the money, but you know, something like that, I think, and that's kind of open to debate. Of course, the first part is much, much more important to me. Um, and so when I see anything like this, um, I just recommend that we all take deep looks at anything that's saying cross-chain, anything that's saying multi-chain, uh, an AMM in there, whatever, because there can't be 5,000 DEXs. Right. You know, so one of these DEXs well, is going to this... pull all this shit to stuff together and be that one of those top five plays. It just right. has and, to go that way. And by the way, they call this product catalog. Um, and it, it is a really smart implementation because, I mean, if you think about this, if the only gotcha could be here is if they how they're um, determining price, like what oracles they're using to determine price. But at the end of the day, if I can come on this platform, take any token I have on any chain and transfer it for any token on another chain, pay no gas fees and trade, actually trade, right? Like say, okay, I'm actually going to go out and, and, and trade, not just because I want to get these tokens on this other platform, because I'm making an investment strategy, a trading right. strategy, Right then this is a huge play, right? Not only does it display their technology, but th like I said, this could be everything they focus on because if they get uptake for a platform like this, um, you know, now I just, if I can take their interface and embed it into my product or protocol, and now anybody that has anything on any wallet can get it into my protocol, like that, that is the model for them, right? Because well, I'm sure there's an underlying mechanism that's making them money, in this whole thing. Um, well, and that, so go ahead. No, no, I just want to weigh one in before I forget it. Um, it think about this. If, if this cross chain, multi chain plays, what if you were in, like you went to say, you know, wherever the, whatever the protocol is and you, you basically gave, you know, USDT and, you know, whatever your FTM or whatever, uh, ETH, ETH and USDT and, or maybe BTC into like, uh, a single staking setup, all right, each. So you didn't have the impermanent loss. Then that protocol then, you know, it pooled all, everybody together, let's say, and then it went out to these other Avalanche, BSC, Phantom, Arbitrum, Polygon, whatever, and it would go for the highest yield and allocate into each of those pools funds from those single staked pools. And then it would right. effectively arb the price across all the pools. So that who, if you bumped your yield a quarter point, a half point, money would flow into that protocol. Yep. So, you know, it would obviously, you know, there wouldn't be 5 trillion percent APYs out there, but it would certainly stabilize that. And it would certainly knock out impermanent loss. And if you could do that cross chain like this, I mean, to me, that's that's another really interesting piece of the puzzle.
Yeah, and this is, look, I mean, when you control the mechanism, the underlying mechanism that allows that to happen, now you can build all kinds of shit like you're talking about on top of this, right? There's yeah. all kinds of potential. This also becomes, I mean, let's let's think about it this way, right? I'm 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 working with um the those guys I told you about the other day at Brew Money, the 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 simple wallet for new people, right? That's mobile only and it stakes in Aave right now and they're gonna do more, but really simple, dumbed down interface. Well, this potentially becomes a, a playground for people to do strategies and offer them up to people who are new to the space and them never have to worry about what tokens came from where, how the tokens came in, where the tokens went for investing. You know, it's just a purely automated managed platform with strategies built in that lets you kind of just say, okay, my risk analysis is X, uh, take it out of my bank account or, oh, I've got five ETH, use that. And I don't care what tokens you're buying. I just want you to execute the strategy. So anyway, I, I, I you know, you're right. I get very, cool. yeah. What is, I get, this is the Ren studio stuff again. So this is Ren based yeah. on Ren labs products. Um, I was, I had, I had a list up earlier of the other platforms that, yeah, they've been some other stuff too. Cause I could have sworn oh, I Ren VM. So the Ren virtual machine, uh, Look, they've done 12 billion yeah. volume on that platform. 105 million minted assets of the digital assets that they meant this this wrapping process they use. Badger is where I guess I heard, first heard about it. Oh yeah, um, Badger, I forgot about them. How are those but, guys doing? Good? I haven't looked at them in a long time. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. But look, I mean, you know, here's the thing. So they had some uptake with a few protocols, but none of these mm -hmm. are household names. The closest thing to it is Badger in the DeFi world, right? But And that was a cool model. But now they take it out and go, oh, holy crap, look what I can do with this. Now other protocols may come on board to expand the reach. Maybe they give them the tools to make it easy to integrate using the stuff that they built into catalog. It just opens the doors a lot wider uh, to show the the value of the of what you've built. So... Anyway, I'm I'm really impressed with this, and that again came from my uh, my uh, my um, job postings uh, strategy of finding. Well, there was some good, good chatter info. about Ren. God, I don't even remember when. Six months, twelve months ago. Um, more, yeah, I think more like twelve. Yeah, maybe it was even more than that. But I sort of remember a lot of chatter about that back in like first half of 2021. Right. And, but I thought they were powering something else. I just because I thought it was one of those that was involved in something they were doing. Um, but maybe it was just being talked up a lot. Kava yeah, optimism. Wait, wait. Well, Kava's a cosmos layer one thing. Yeah, they've integrated optimism, they've integrated Kava. That's cool. Yeah. Now, what is, is their their token is Ren? What is their token? I assume so. They don't actually yeah. really talk about it. Oh well, yeah. No. Ren price today, eleven nine. Market. Wait, is this the Ren? Ren project. I don't know, dude. They don't have All a right. link to their token here. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna probably put that on it these days. Let me see what we got. Ren. I'm on CoinGecko real quick. It must be this one. Is their logo like a little square shaded with yeah. the stripe? Yeah, a cube. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With like a little white sliver on the left, a darker top, in the left, oh, lower left, upper right kind of angle on those hashes or yeah, slides. See it on the screen now. I got okay. it on the screen. Yep. That's it. 
Okay. So uh, 12 and a half cents, renproject.io. Um, let me pull up a big chart here real quick. Yeah, renproject.io. Oh, I was I'm on their labs page. Let's see. Oh, that's the other page I had open, powering the multi. Okay, I've seen it as high as a buck sixty back in May, March, April, twenty twenty one. So that's kind of expected. It ran up to a dollar twenty five last Augusty time. You know, in the fall, pumped over time frame. What's the token? Just Ren. R E N. Yeah. yeah. Pull it up so as you're talking about it, it's on screen. Oh, good. Of a billion. Yeah, that's exactly it. A billion and max supply of a billion. So that's it's down good. to 12 cents and they're making this move. I'm actually. Yeah, I'd take a big hard look at this one. Yeah, I I actually I'm so impressed with that. I think I might personally dive in and that is not financial advice. Let's see. Let me see, see uh, what I like about you got one hundred twenty six point four million in TVL. Get a 24 hour trading volume of 16.6 million. You got a market cap of about 125 million. Circulating supply is the same as max supply. So it's fully diluted out there. Um, yeah, I mean, shit. And tokenomics. Oh, yeah, the tokenomics. No tokenomics data. Okay. They've got uh, plenty of centralized exchanges, including Coinbase, have it, as well as crypto.com. And on the DEXs, Sushi and Uniswap. So, yeah, a lot. 12 and a half cents seems like a real deal for this shit. Well, particularly when you look at the chart, I mean, Polychain Capital, Huobi invested, Hyperchain, and I know Alameda's in there because uh, I saw it on their homepage. Now, this is, this is impressive. I'm going to look at a seven day. I'm looking at a seven day real quick, too. I might have to yeah, and it hasn't it. run. It hasn't. Look, in the recent run, last couple of days, half, four days, it's gone from like 11 cents to 12 and a half. So, you know, it hasn't made the 80% move or anything or that 300% yeah. move. So you're not you're not coming in at the, the top. We got right. 30 days just to be sure. Yeah. And look, 30 days ago, it was at. Yeah. 20 is peaked up, ran up to about 21 cents, but yep. consistently in the 17.5 range and then slowly going down over the from August 10th, like just about everything else. Yeah. So it's a good place in the chart from my perspective that, you know, you're not buying into a pump. And yeah, but use a, you know, I mean, the strategy I always talk about, <laughs> don't throw it all in the pass line. No, no, yeah. absolutely. I, I think there's a, yeah, I, this feels like a Not really, you. I was, I know you wouldn't do that. I was just, yeah, this, this feels else. like a really strong opportunity. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I think, look, they're down on the year. 85%. Yeah. That, you know, that's good. That's one of these set it and forget it. I wonder if Coindex has any, um, yield or staking going on with it. Well, yeah, I see them on Binance, like you said, I think. Kraken, Uniswap, Balancer, they're everywhere. Wobi, Poloniex, Poloniex, whatever you call it. Wobi again, Kraken, Polkaswap, Bancor. Yeah, they're everywhere. I don't see them on. You could earn 16% in a, in a fucking Coinbase. I don't, know what the fu I don't know what the fuck that is. They're on Coinbase, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice one for everybody. 
buddy to look at. Yeah, look. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is interesting. I they have their wrapped Excuse tokens me. get listed when you search on Ren. So the WBTC Ren BTC pair. That's the fuck. The one on FMW, FMFW, or which, which? No, it's on Auto Farm. But if you pair up wrapped BC with BTC with Ren BTC on Auto Farm, you're earning eight point two six percent. How many places with Bitcoin are you earning eight point two six percent more Bitcoin? Yeah, not very many. No, I mean usually that's down in the you know if you get Let me to see what one the or four. What are the rewards these days? Say? Lots of their volumes on Decoin. That's twenty percent of their volume, whatever the hell that is. Ren ETH pair uh, is five point two three percent on Uniswap. Um, that's the only one with just the Ren token. Oh, here's another Ren ETH on Uniswap at two point nine five percent. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take a deeper dive on this. Well, man, I, the valuation's right too. I mean, only oh my god, yeah. million? Totally. And it's been around. It's fully diluted. I mean, it's only, I mean, I don't, I don't see any, I mean, this is all to me, execution and macro environment. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they're executing. Yeah. From what we've totally. seen. So um, this is one that we're talking about. So when you want to do cross chain, multi-chain AMM stuff and yield farming and everything, we find like four or five of these and do a basket. Yeah. But this one looks like it would definitely be in the basket is what I'm going to say. I would totally put this in a basket. I don't know if it's number one. I don't know what else is in there. So, but yeah, I but I mean, just in terms damn of the, close. yeah, in terms of the potential and make a nice little investment, nothing huge, you know, obviously not your eggs and all in one basket and, you know, but, see, see what's what. Yeah. But this one also to me is it, Look, we talk about things like Lunk, Luna, whatever. We talk about the lottery tick plays. You know, uh, you just got to decide when to get out when it's going up. Oh, of course. That yeah, doesn't course. have, I don't think those have a long term future. I mean, myself, I don't, it's going to be hard to get there with all the new stuff coming up. Just look, remember that chart we showed yesterday from 2017 to 2022? Yeah. Look at how many of those, you know, big players are way down now. Yep. So there's going to be more, another 10 or 15 showing up in the next cycle that we don't even really think about. Well, this might be one of those. You know what you else? Know? I'm, I'm not looking at a sentiment site. I'm just doing a Twitter search, but I should yeah. look at, uh, I need to find a good sentiment. Like a trend tool. map? Trends map or something like that? No, I'm just looking, at, doing a search on, on the token, you know, dollar sign Ren. And there's like zero chatter, like zero. One guy talking about on the TA level that it broke resistance, but that's, that's 17 hours ago, but there is friggin' nothing like nothing. So that's even that, to me, that's even better. It means people it aren't figuring it out yet. And I don't even know if they've announced, I don't think they've announced this digital platform yet because I didn't okay. see anything on their website. Right. So, I mean, maybe they have, maybe it's old news, but I found it as a job listing. Um, uh, and, that's how I found the the protocol. But I think that, let me see, what were they hiring? A graphic well, designer. When you say that to me, um, that there's very little mention of them. What that says to me is that 
there hasn't been the or, organized social media marketing pump effort yet. Yeah, um, right. Hey, that's so, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to really clarify that with you just so I've been yeah. on the same page. But yeah, I mean, that is like, that means this is basically Virgin executing on its own, just sitting here. And so yep. someone's going to come in, either do a deal, invest, or something is going to move this. So while this has long term, I mean, look, I mean, you could be knocking, I mean, what, that, 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 getting from there to 20 cents doesn't look like a big stretch to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. In, in the near term. Um, yep. But, you know, and then you think about selling a little, I mean, I always do at that point as I always sell. Of course. A little, a little drop. So, absolutely. you know, so if I was going on this now with it, hypothetically, and I'm not, I have no, no Ren. Um, I probably won't, not because I don't like it, but just because I'm kind of just sitting tight right now with some other ones. But I, if I was going with a thousand, I'd probably go in and, like I said, drop two hundred and fifty bucks at this price, and then see what happens. If it yep. dips to eleven, buy more. Another twenty five percent. If it dips to ten, buy another twenty five percent. You know, just kind of hang in that game and maybe stop at that point. If it starts yep. running up and goes to twenty, I, I probably would not put more in. I would probably sell half and just let the rest ride. So yeah. I do things like that. Now a lot of people think I'm stupid that are that I, they prefer a strategy of like pressing to really kind of go for that big win. But to me, you then risk that complete and utter destruction. And yeah. I don't like to do that. I like to kind of, you know, I know I'd leave a little bit on the table, but I don't have as much taken off either. So um, that's just my strategy, but that's the way no, I, I think look that's at something smart. like this. The fundamentals are all here for this. Yeah. Uh, quick note, uh, Maddox up 13% in the last seven days. Nice. Uh, Robin hood is listing and, uh, also, uh, offering as part of their wallets and the transfers. So even when everything else was down, Matt, it was pumping a little bit in the last uh, few days up 4.49% since yesterday. I think they had a big spike yesterday and then, uh, petered out. Let me take a look and see. Yeah, they did look a little up yesterday. I saw them. You know, kind of in that range. And I started thinking about, man, remember Matic when it was three cents? And yeah. I was going, I was remembering all those ups and downs. And I'm like, I just love seeing it sitting here in that 80 to a dollar range, just stable. Yeah. You know? And, it, I, you know, it's just here to stay. And again, this is another one that I've always liked. Um, I've sold this is a fundamentals bet, right? Hmm? Uh, we've talked about this a hundred times. This is a fundamentals bet. Oh, absolutely. This is a smartly run business organization, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's what's most impressive. The use cases are great. The millions of users or hundreds of thousands of users is great, but it's a beautifully run company. Well, they execute. Yeah. These guys have surround themselves with, you know, additional world-class talent. So on the M and a front, the corporate development front, you know, all the kind of boring businessy, you know, strategic stuff. They're crushing it. Yeah. And they have an awesome team. They're cashed up. And, you know, they're, they are the number one layer two protocol. Yep. That could effectively function as a layer one, just like how the layer zeros can function as layer ones, basically. Yep. Um, Same thing here. So this is a, you know, this is here to stay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it'll consistently be a top 10 token. Um, I don't know where it is now. Where is it? 14 or something or 12? What is it? Uh, uh, 16. 14. 
16. 14, okay. 14, 14, sorry. 14. You know, next expansion is definitely top 10. It's pushed top 10 already. It's definitely yep. in this place to stay. I don't see it falling out like the other ones from 17 have fallen out. The 2022, I see this staying. So this is a core, to me, this is a core play. Totally agree. Uh, real quick, one more thing. Uh, I listened to this podcast called Around the Coin. Really thoughtful, really smart. Uh, the host is named, I think, Matt Townsend. Um and he had a guest on his one of his most recent episodes named Rand Hendy, who's um, uh, formerly uh, just, I mean, was 100% a, um, an angel investor slash VC. I guess he's had other exits and made some money. This, I, I'd never really, I may have heard of it, but I never dove into it. Homomorphic uh, encryption mm. is two things. First, it is, um, oh, God, what's the name of the what's the word that of the, the thing that can break encryption? Quantum. Quantum. Post quantum safe. Post quantum safe. But secondarily, homomorphic uh, encryption allows you to manipulate and harvest from the data that is encrypted components of that data that the person that owns the data allows you to do. So, say for example, a social media network. And users have complete control over their data, right? But it can be encased in homomorphic uh, encryption so that users could give Facebook the right to do analytics, like who's using what, who's, who's doing what, what are the demographics that they have allowed me to see, but not know who it is, not tie it to them, not target ads to them, but get the analytics data they need for running their business. So the, the idea behind homomorphic is, is, it's encrypted data that can't be read, but it can be manipulated so that if the person that owns the data chooses to give permission to it, they can't. They talked on the show a lot about how this enables all kinds of shit on blockchains because it allows now for the storage of, of important private data wow. on any of the blockchains but allowing it to be accessed and manipulated if the okay. owner of the data approves it. I got to jump in real fast, real fast, Brad. Remember that issue we had with encryption? That's exactly what I was thinking. Genomics, you, you can't put it on the blockchain. Exactly. Because, one, it's too big, but also you don't want to disclose the sequence data, the genomic exactly. data. Exactly. So you can have a regular crypto blockchain system, and within those data. DLT structures or whatever, you can be running homomorphic encryption on the PII data. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. Um, he also went into a lot of other stuff. Uh, this guy is brilliant. They talked about um, psychedelic drug market, which he invests in, um, talked about the singularity. Talked, it was a really nice interview. This guy's name is Rand Hendy. I was already following him on, on Twitter, but I didn't have notifications on for him. Just brilliant, uh, very modest uh, investor. Uh, Zama.ai is the website. Okay, thanks. For the product. And his name is Rand Hendy. And the Rand. podcast is called the podcast is called Around the Coin. Okay. Cool. Uh um, really just good stuff. I, I listen to that podcast all the time, by the way. Really so, thoughtful, nice interviews in crypto. So I'm not the big cryptography guy. God knows everybody seems to be these days, but what is the difference between like and I hope I'm not asking you a question you, you don't know the answer to, but between Probably. like 
how, how is homomorphic encryption structured differently? Like, I, I don't, I mean, he gave a very high level overview. I guess of, I'll listen to of, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How it works. Um, so I don't know. What I do know is the, the, the encryption methodology allows, even though everything is encrypted and can't be read from the outside, allows for components of it to be manipulated. Um, but so essentially you're taking old cryptography and you're making it flexible and possible to be used in ways um, that you couldn't with what, the way we do things now with cryptography. And of course, the other thing is um, it's quantum safe. So theoretically, I could see a chain launching with homomorphic uh, encryption built into it because yeah. then you're the only crypto chain that is post-quantum safe, right? Um, now there's other things you'd have to do, but you could be, you could be the chain that is post quantum safe, protects user data, gives users control and capabilities over their data and, um, uh, still works on the blockchain performance is very fast. It's seamless. Like when you, the, he said on the show, like when you do, you know, an HTTPS call on the web, no difference in, in overall performance. So, you know, I haven't listened to other experts talk about the validity of this tech, um, but yeah. it's very impressive. From well, one thing I'd be curious to know is that, and again, I just first time I even heard of this. Um, can homomorphic encryption be run in, say, non-blockchain worlds? So let's just say LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, okay. he's, he's expressly says it up here, Web 2 okay, cool. and Web 3. Yeah. All right. Because and, look at like, what if like groups like encryption and Snap and Telegram or whatever, if they could, had homomorphic encryption on all of their data on top of whatever else they're doing? Of course. Absolutely. Okay. So that would be pretty interesting. I know it's probably a lot of people. Well, I'll just leave it at that. It'll, yeah, it I mean, he talks here's, Silicon here's the, Valley's whole mission. Yeah, here's the yeah. examples they give, right? When you're doing facial recognition now, your data um, is not manipulatable if it's encrypted by the by the company, but you actually, they have to unencrypt it, unencrypt it on their servers, and same with Siri for your voice commands to actually get it to work. That's why when Siri's not connected to the internet, it doesn't work because the processing happens on, on Apple servers, right? Now, I trust Apple pretty implicitly from a privacy perspective, but it leaves open a security hole. With this, they don't have to do that anymore. With this, they don't have to open it and know everything. They can just know what's being requested by, by manipulating the data. So uh, it's, to me, it's... Um, yeah, that's a it, big, you, that's a very good point, Brad, because that those voice systems scare the heck out of me. Yeah. Um, where, you know, who can, you know, everything from the most conspiracy focused thing you could think of to like just basic yeah. OPSEC, you know, or basic privacy practices, you know, you just, yep. you know, who knows? be careful. Maybe he's launching his own chain because it shows products, concrete framework, concrete machine learning, and then blockchain soon. Okay. So they might already have clients in web two space oh yeah yeah it? it's basically okay. a developer oriented platform it's an api it's a protocol and it allows people to use it on any application right um so it's it's uh it's very oriented to recruiting developers to build with. see this is what i love about technology you know we talked for five years about oh my god all the encryption is going to be broken by all the quantum computers right and then here's somebody comes out i'm hopefully 
with what is now quantum proof. So yeah. it's like, you know, so then somebody else will then come up with the next technology to break homomorphic. And yeah. then somebody will come up with something else, polymorphic, and, you know, that it can't break. So that's what makes this whole innovation space so much fun the, to me. And this so is the... Yeah, yeah, this is the, smart. The, yeah, this is the CEO. This is the guy that was on uh, the podcast. Very, really impressive, down to earth. Invested um, in over 50 companies across privacy, AI, blockchain, medtech, and psychedelics. Coding at the age of 10, founded a social network at 14, started a PhD at 21, then created SNPs, privacy-centric AI startup, acquired by Soros. Um, yeah, this guy's a player. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. And so um, they're just getting into blockchain, I guess, in a sense. Or, yeah. Niblet said rubber hose cryptography will always be effective. Uh, I I assume that's a – I've never heard of rubber hose cryptography, but I have assumed it has something to do with the torturing secrets out of people, I think, is what he's – Beating it with a rubber about. hose? Yeah. I think that's the idea, but you can Nibbles correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but you're one of the funniest people I follow. So I know he is funny, man. He is, he funny. is hilarious, man. I was, so anyway, this is really cool. I'm actually really excited about this tech, you know, because I think underlying everybody that understands what's happening with quantum relative to blockchain and actually, you know, a thing about how this uh, positions Zama for um, every defense department in the world who all of their encryption, GPS systems, everything, all of their encryption will fail post-quantum. Well, now not only do you give them a solution to that, but you also give them a solution that's actually more capable and advanced than the old style of cryptography. So if technically all of this shit really works the way they claim it works, um, these guys are going to make a shit ton of money, like just a shit ton of money. Because as quantum advances, it's going to be like uh, it's going to be like uh, two thousand, right? It's going to be like oh holy shit! Quantum is getting here faster and faster and faster, which will happen. And no, oh, you mean like Y two K? Yeah, yeah, Y two K. Yeah, okay. Um, people are going to start freaking out because all encryption systems will be invalid. So defense departments, defense manufacturers, everything that encrypts data in our world will cease to function properly with or be safe because of quantum, and. Um, these guys, you know, they're the, yeah. they can be the solution. Two, two things. One, um, yeah, everybody, those guys are all thinking about that. That's for sure. And yeah. I would, they're trying to, you know, they, they'll be prepared is, is my guess. Um, but I love this from a data privacy stand, you know, the whole, yeah. the whole thing with, um, you know, we go back to the original Gmail accounts and everybody's like, Oh my God, why are these for free? And yeah. nobody figured out that they were the products. And, exactly. you know, and all their user behavior and all their data for the next 20 years would be the product. So, you know, those 50,000 emails sitting in your Gmail box that they're constantly mining over and looking at, you know, they got you wired inside and out. That's right. Now, you know, behaviorally everything. And so, and I'm not saying that like, you know, somebody sitting there looking at a, you know, Hey, Brad, Brad, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that's going on. I'm just saying that the algorithms, you know, they, they can do a better job of predicting what you will buy yeah. <laughs> or what you want to see. Yeah. And so, you know, and all these Silicon Valley companies make all their money off of our data and what we do. They just organize it and sell it. 
So yeah. to me, if we could take that away to where we sold it, just like the DNA data, and I yep. was involved with a company 12 years ago that was trying to do this and then, you know, ended up not pursuing it for a lot of reasons. But, um, you know, where you could sell your Internet or your user behavior data um, or monetize it via yep. different uh, mechanisms. This was before blockchain or before I was thinking about blockchain. Um, you know, anybody who could pull that off and put that back in our hands then everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody has a revenue stream. You talk about UBI, Brad. This funds UBI. Yep. So, you know, because the example I used to always give back then was you come in uh, and you want to see um, of all the 30 to 40 year olds in the greater New York metropolitan area that like the New York Jets and like Mark Sanchez. And I want to know, do they drink Coke or Pepsi? And how do I switch <laughs> them to the other? You can, you know, you would basically yeah. go search for those people. And Sanchez was the quarterback of the Jets back then. So yes, that's why yes. I pulled it up. And then I'm the permission a, thing I'm would a go to all those suffering Jets fan, Joe. Yeah. Do you want to sell your data? And then you go, yeah, and you sell it for whatever. Or you say no, and then they can bid it up or they can walk away. But, you know, that's where we have to get with all of this. Because then, you know, everybody has a revenue stream then coming off of it. And it's yep. not all just going to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to pick on Fang, you know, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, all those guys. It's not all going to them. It's going to us. That's right. And so that's where I love. So what makes me fearful of this is that one of these companies is going to come in and buy it to shelve it. Well, maybe so, tech. but he talks explicitly about good how he's mission-based for this, good. right? Like, like his mission is to empower us as users as opposed to the companies that have the data. And then we decide what they get and what they pay us for it, right? So. I love it. Awesome. All right, dude, Final let's note. wrap it up. We're yep. at one o'clock here. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Niblets, for participating. Love you guys and appreciate you. Um, as I do every day, I'm going to ask you to rate and review us. But today, I'm going to have enough sense to know that most of our listeners listen on Spotify. So I'm going to ask you to rate and review us and subscribe on Spotify. Every review helps us grow this. Every review helps us get more attention for the topics and things that we talk about and keeps us wanting to do it. So anything you can do to help spread the word, tweet about our shows, talk about our shows, um, rate us and review us on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, click the little bell. All of those things help us boost in these ever-present algorithms of the social networks. So thank you for yeah. any help you can give us there. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, feedback, or guest ideas, excuse me, uh, B05Crypto on Twitter or Telegram, B05Crypto on Twitter and Telegram, B05Crypto, pound 2143, pound 2143 on Discord. Joe is getting active on Twitter. Joe, what's your Twitter handle, Chumley? Uh, Pathfinder305. Pathfinder 305. Pathfinder 305. Everybody go follow Joe, please. And, you know, then tweet something to him and then go to his LinkedIn profile and put something really obscene on his Yeah. Profile. And that's also my Telegram handle, Pathfinder yeah. 305. So if anybody yeah. wants to read me, that's the best place. There you go. Absolutely. Am I forgetting? So I'm going to be performing a metric every week. And um, to Beautiful. see how fast I can move from four followers to wherever it goes. So every Friday, I'm going to 
tell everybody how many followers I have just to see what happens. So all right, well, you got to start engaging on Twitter because nobody. Yeah, I just figure we're all sitting here looking at these screens. Anyhow, I might as well get back into LinkedIn and Twitter and do stuff. There you go. There you go. Um, Boost it up. Boost it up. It's sort of the age proofing, you know, because there you go. we can do this till we're 120. That's right. All right, everybody in the U.S., have a great long weekend. I think I'm going to take off Monday, Joe. What about you? Yeah, yeah, let's take Monday off because we have we'll some, some work stuff to do too. So we'll we'll be back next Tuesday. Although you and I have a call on on Monday yeah, that's the one with an interesting uh, investment opportunity that came from somebody that listens to the show, which is cool. Oh, cool. Uh, um, thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great long weekend if you're in the U.S. The rest of you, hope you have a great weekend and uh, get some rest and relaxation. Enjoy some time with your family friends. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, buddy. You too.